Last week on the Faithful Family Fortress podcast, we talked about out-blessing our spouse and what that can look like in a few different ways. And today, we're going to be sharing some practical ways to out-bless your husband or wife by proxy yourself and your family and your home, all by out-blessing each other with chores. Do you want to experience more intimacy in your marriage through time in God's word and praying together, but find yourself spending more time scrolling and binging TV? Do you desire to lead your children to know, love, and serve the Lord, but don't even know where to begin? Do you want to incorporate more Jesus into everyday family life, but don't seem to have enough time nor bandwidth for it after all of your adulting? Hi, we are Robbie and Sasha Robertson, and we are so excited that you're here with us on the Faithful Family Fortress podcast. We know the distance between your desires and current lifestyle seems impossible to overcome, but you're not alone. As first-generation believers, we are on a journey to discover what it means and looks like to do life with Jesus. It was a struggle to put down the habits our fellow millennials and culture have been so comfortable with and instead seek to live a more fruitful life. We're here to help build Christ-centered, faithful families by bringing mindfulness into your marriage, purpose into your parenting, and humility into the shared responsibility of homemaking. So fire up that pot of coffee, share an earbud with your spouse, and let's get busy with today's episode here on the Faithful Family Fortress Podcast. I'm an odd duck. I really like doing chores. I haven't figured out why. Maybe it was because I was an only child, but it's cathartic for me. Dishes, laundry washing the car even like these are things that do not really bug me as long as it's stuff that doesn't really take like a lot of brain power i can just handle doing chores yeah i've noticed (laughs) (laughs) you actually get on me about this like you don't need to do that i have noticed though and this is real you'll be like robbie you don't need to do those dishes as i'm doing the last one in a large sink full of dishes and you were like nine feet from me the whole time takes me a while to notice i guess (laughs) no you're like i don't know why maybe because i was the only child you've actually said to me before that you do them because you always had to like get the stuff done in order to like get to the pleasure so you had to like the lawn mode so then you could watch your favorite tv show or whatever it was and so now that's still like ingrained in you so you'll like i have to work hard this is like kind of an idea of this podcast episode i have to work hard to make sure like the dishes are done before you get home from work otherwise you're going to come home from work and go straight to doing the dishes like I feel like I've evangelized a good thing here, if I'm perfectly honest. It kind of drives me a little bonkers. You're right. I'll be honest. I don't love doing chores. No? And this is what we're going to dig into today, because I'm all about the non-routines, and you're about the routines. Yeah. I absolutely like the routine, mundane, knock it out, and get done, and get to the next thing chore. But when it comes down to, like you're saying, the non-routine stuff, the big projects, uh, I'll take one look at those and go, uh, oh, look at dishes. Oh, look at laundry. (laughs) I'm like, oh, look, dishes. What else can I work on? A special project? Anything non-routine? Which is funny because I actually teach people about schedules and routines. So it's kind of ironic that I don't like this. But then even still, I think that's, that's when you get to a point of being able to teach something is when 
it's not something that you're so natural at that you're just so naturally good at. It's something that you've had to work really, really hard to be able to do. And now you come to a place of being able to help others do it because any of their, you know, complaints or whatever you've already dealt with. You just explained like my entire journey of becoming a parent. Oh, it, yeah, seemed impossible, seemed really difficult, and, and it is, but I feel like I just got stronger along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could probably tell, talk a lot about parenting. Probably any parent could, though. I almost feel like I could do this on podcast. <laughs> Maybe one of your pillars could be purposeful parenting. Whoa, that's a great idea. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what are we talking about on this podcast today? Well, I think one thing we had outlined here is we're going to go over chore types that are strengths and weaknesses, which we've just described as being what we call routine chores, your dishes, your laundry, your lawn mowing, and non-routine chores, which we'll get delve a little bit into kind of your wheelhouse, your the bigger project things that need to be dealt with and knocked out. Like one of my favorite non-routine chores to shovel off on you and take zero responsibility with is sorting through our children's clothes and figuring out what size range they're in right now. If they're six to nine months or 12 to 18 months or our three and a half year olds like 50 months or something. I don't know. I stopped keeping count for two years. (laughs) Yeah, I don't love that, honestly. But here's the thing. It comes to a point where you can only procrastinate so much till your kids' clothes don't fit and then you have to do it. But like you're saying, over all of the transitions of clothes, you know, getting rid of this size, putting it away in a box, bringing in a new size of clothes or shopping for them or whatever else, like you've literally never done that. No. I've done it every single month to three months to six months or whatever. So yeah, that's one of the non-routines. Another one of the non-routines is like the filing, which I would love to make more of a routine thing. So then maybe you could do it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make it more of a routine thing. Like when the mail comes in, we're going to open it and actually deal with it. And then we can actually recycle it or shred it right then and there or put it where it needs to go instead of letting it build up into a box of paperwork that's nine years worth of filing that then becomes a special project that I have to tackle. So you should know that when I get mail from the mailbox, I actually do a sift right then and there. And a lot of it that I know is junk mail goes straight to the trash right then and there. So I am that first layer of defense. Um, That is the only layer of defense that I provide. I should let you collect the mail more often. Yeah, I would appreciate that. That'd be kind of (laughs) cool. So the next point I think we wanted to make is that um, blessings start by capitalizing on the chores that we're strongest at. I am a huge proponent of focus on your strengths. I know a lot of people say focus on your weaknesses, and that's kind of a bummer. And I can see the benefit to that. But if you capitalize on your strengths, then you get really, really good at the things you're really, really good at. And you you can multiply a lot of blessings that way. Yeah. And I think too, what you're saying is if, if you let me operate in my strengths and you get to operate in your strengths, then, I mean, it's, you know, they say opposites attract, right? I'm using air quotes here. You guys can't see, but in a marriage, typically you and your, your spouse, your partner, your <laughs> husband funny. or wife, you you hate that word. Um, they're gonna, they're often going to compliment each other. Right. Because you see qualities in your spouse. I mean, granted, like Robbie had said in one of the episodes recently, it really stinks having 
a wife that really hates cleaning the toilets as much as you do, but somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, eventually. So you're going to have those areas of overlap where you might both be good at something or both hate something, but like we have different strengths and weaknesses. I, I'll like vacuum, no problem. I'll do the filing. Um, you know, I love cooking. I super appreciate that, by the way. And Robbie will just come right in and like, he'll start the laundry or he'll start the dishes. And so, um, I love that he talks about blessing each other by capitalizing on the chores that we're strongest at, because when he capitalizes on doing the dishes during my cooking or after my cooking, it's a huge blessing to me because I know that's, that's, something a lot of people have to struggle with is cooking and then it makes a mountain of dishes and then you have to clean up the dishes and then you have to clean up all the dishes that everybody ate off of too. It's demoralizing. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of work. And so I remember before we even got married, I had said, Oh, when we get married, I'm going to, when I move in with you, which I moved in with him before we got married. Um, we weren't Christians then. Um, I said, uh, I'm going to cook dinner for you every night. I remember that. I remember and that then, promise. And then we made like this unwritten deal that mm-hmm. we've really held up to. I mean, you have. That you were going <laughs> to. Starts with me in the head. That you were going to wash the dishes. Like we, we said, whoever cooks, the other person washes the dishes. Yep. And I think we've fallen off that. Like we're not exactly on top of it, but I still do most of the cooking. You do. And you still do. Most of the Most dishes. Most of the dishes. Yeah. There are some days that you actually will knock out the dishes for me. And I think even last night I made dinner. We had some friends over. And then I ended up cleaning up while they were still here because I was ready to go to bed. But that's, <laughs> right. like, a, that's like a different moral issue happening right there. Well, blessings also continue and build as we handle chores our partner is weakest at. Yeah. And this goes on to that area of cleaning the toilet, which... I'm very weak at. Same. And maybe one of our kids will be really good at cleaning the toilets. Yeah, maybe. We can hope. <laughs> but what are some other areas that we're like each of us are weakest at that we come in? Both of us weak at? No, either one of us. Like what's an area that you're weak at that I have a tendency to fulfill and I'm weak at or you have a ten- tendency to fulfill? The next, I would say, it's not necessarily an area where one of us is weak, but it definitely has to do with taking care of the the kids in, like, the middle of the night. We have to trade that one off because doing that every night, you did it for the first couple weeks with our our second child, and we had to have a talk about that. You're like, I can't do this every night alone. And we actually had to start doing, like, two on, two off. So, like, we're both kind of weak at that because we both don't want to get up. Yeah, I think everybody... Um, another area that I would say, like, I'm not greatest at is laundry. And I think it's because I don't need to wash the laundry as frequently. Then I would notice, right? Yeah. But for you, it's like, it's a weekly, like you have this internal trigger. That's like a weekly thing. Whereas like, I, I would go until I like ran out of underwear or something, you know, ran out of clean socks then I will wash the laundry. But for you, it's like, um, it's internal and it's habitual. So maybe it's a weakness of mine and a strength of yours, but it's a way that we can show up in those areas and, and really bridge that gap. I can actually explain the root of that. Growing up, I only had a week's worth of clothes 
at any given time. Just a couple pairs of pants, about seven pairs of underwear, seven pairs of socks, a couple shirts. I mean, I guess I had a different variety of shirts, but I needed to do laundry every week. And from the time I was 12 years old, I was doing my own laundry. And when I got in the military, it was, you know, it was only me. So it just, you're right, it did, I internalized that because it became a requirement. A fun story about a friend who will go unnamed. I hope that they're listening to this podcast, but he told me the story. Uh, Active duty military, deployed. He was gone for a four-month deployment, and his wife stayed home, like you do. She was, you know, going to work every day, and he got released from the deployment early and came home like two weeks early, and she hadn't done laundry a single time. She was like, oh, I was just planning on doing it like the couple days before you came home. He said it took him like three days of nonstop laundry in order to do every piece of laundry that she had worn that entire time. I don't understand why he did the laundry. Like, I never would have. If I was gone on deployment and I came home and you had not done laundry for months, I would not be spending the first three ho- days home from my deployment doing your laundry. I would be like, well, you have a problem. <laughs> But that wouldn't be out blessing each other in love and and chores. I think it's the same as like when we had just taken down that wall. We've just done a construction job in our house, by the way, and it was it's pretty awesome. But our house was left in a particular level of disarray and chaos that was unnerving. And there was like a certain point we had to get at before you and I could both like rest and relax. And I think he was in that spot when he got home. It was just mm. mountains of dirty clothes everywhere, and it was intolerable. Mm. Okay. I'm guessing. Yeah. Thank you for never doing that, by the way. <laughs> okay. I came home from a six-month deployment, and you had a car in the garage for me. Yeah. You're, Anyways. You're an awesome wife. Thank you. Moving on. Blessings <laughs> maximize when we support our partner by accomplishing a chore that gives them a measure of time, peace, or energy back. Maybe they've been busy or they've been sick. Yeah, you were just talking about that. Um, You would do the dishes before I came home from work. And those days that I would come home, usually I got wrecked at work that day. It was super cold outside or something was going on. And I come home and, like, it's done. It's clean. And sometimes you have dinner ready, which is... I guess in the 1950s, that was the standard, but I've never expected that. I just consider it a blessing when it happens. Um, I'm always, like, thrilled and over the moon. And you just, I don't know, you give that, like, back to me. And then I just want to, like, take the energy that I have and, like, spend it with you and our boys and just have a good time because I'm not worried about, okay, we've got, you know, upkeep to deal with because, you know, we live here. Yeah, and there's been times... Where, you know, I've just needed more space for work or just, you know, to go take a bath or, you know, create time or create peace for me. And you've taken on all kinds of different things, whether it's, well, let me cook dinner tonight. And then you would cook dinner and wash the dishes or, you know, just taking care of the boys or you're like, well, what else needs to be done? How can I help you get to point X? Um, So that's always really helpful, too. But. We could, we could talk on and on and on for days about different ways that we've done this. But the point is, how can you come alongside your partner and, and help them by giving them time, peace, energy, anything like that by supporting them in those chores? 
And it really makes me think of Ecclesiastes 4.10. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Yeah, that verse usually reads from the perspective of, like, the fallen one is lonely. But in our case, the woe belongs to the spouse that doesn't help their partner. So I kind of ask the question, how can we delegate ourselves, each other, and our children? Like, how can we delegate these these different aspects and stuff? And I want to start with, like, the idea that we raise up our children to carry their own weight and have some ownership and some skin in the game. Little kids can pick up their toys. Bigger kids can help take care of their... Um, their siblings, but they can also help with some of those routine chores. Everybody can do their own laundry after they're four years old, things like that. Also, we want to agree to assign like different tasks to oneself or our, our spouse with like a definite time. Like for an example, I'll take out the trash Tuesday night. I'm assigning that to myself and I'm assigning to you. Please help me remember. Mm. Sometimes we just need that little mm -hmm. extra. Um, we also want to create support so the other can focus and accomplish a task or chore on their plate. We kind of went over this a little while ago. Um, like, you know, one good example is Sasha goes through, went through like nine years worth of paperwork that needed sorting and filing. And that takes about 100% of your bandwidth to really sit down and focus. Is this important? Is this not? And I supported that non-routine task by managing our kids. And I think I prepared dinner that day. You know, just these things that are kind of routine and our kids are, you know, you've got kids too. They're, they take up a lot of energy and a lot of attention. And it, this isn't just being nice. This is literally a charge from the Lord. Um, this reminds me of 1 Timothy 5.8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And I think I want to expand that a little bit, that provider is more than just the bringer of the paycheck. We, we provide a provision for each other, a provision of time, a provision of peace. You provide meals, even if I provide the money to go buy the groceries, and we both provide a life for each other and our family and on the home so we all have to help provide in the way that's needed in that season in that time yeah i really appreciate you pointing that out because i think when people maybe i should even say men in general it could be women too right but when men go to work and get a paycheck and come home and their wife is stay-at-home mom work from home mom even someone who primarily stays home and takes care of the kids and the home, the providing is extended to the paycheck and then that's it. And so I really appreciate you pointing that out. And it's kind of like the idea and theme of this whole podcast, right? Or this episode. And we touched base on it, I think a little bit last week too. And, um, that it's your home too, right? Being good stewards. And, yeah. and I think that it, it crisscrosses even at times when, you know, if it's a, it's, it's a dual income home where husband and wife are both working, even still, sometimes it can fall back to, well, the home is the wife's responsibility. Well, the wife is out getting a paycheck, quote, providing for the family too. Like, why does it all fall onto her? And so anyways, I just really appreciate you pointing that out. Oh, thank you. I think another important thing that we want to talk about today is to find ways to collaborate with your spouse on a task or a chore that they might be doing. I really love this idea that I uh, heard recently called body doubling. 
where um, somebody else is essentially not necessarily doing the same thing with you, but they're there supporting you. And so when I had a lady on my podcast who said, find a body double to help keep you accountable, you know, for things like doing house chores or whatever, my instant thought was like, if I'm having to do something like sort through this, you know, nine years worth of paperwork box, just having you present is like super helpful. Um, Even if we're in the same room and you're like, your primary role is taking care of the kids so I can focus on and sort through that paperwork, you just being present is really helpful. Or we have a habit and routine of doing some pre-Sabbath cleaning. So the night before we go into our Sabbath, we really like to allocate a couple of hours for cleaning just to make sure laundry's done, you know, floors are vacuumed and swept and... Meals are prepped. Yeah, a lot of like the little things are just done. Trash is out so we can focus on, on resting and the Lord and just family time and everything on the Sabbath. But just having each other both doing our own strengths, you know in that time to be able to accomplish the task, I think is really super helpful. And so that's one of the ways that you can collaborate with your spouse. But the idea too, is to be open and receptive to learn something new in this process. Recently, we took down this wall in our house that Robbie had just mentioned, we're going to do a whole other podcast episode on that. So stay tuned. Um, But I took on the task of learning electrical work (laughs) and it helped out the day, um, the day Robbie was at work. And I just knew this was like part of the critical path. Like if the, the, nothing else could get done in this project until this electrical work got done. And so I asked him to explain to me how to do this. And he just like recorded this video explaining to me how to do it. And I took on that task of, doing that one piece of electrical work to get us to the next point only to find out that really the next point was like a whole nother day of electrical work of like rerouting electrical lines and all of this other stuff. So I, um, I asked Robbie, Oh, I can go to Lowe's and, you know, get supplies for you. And, uh, so everything will be ready when you get home. And I went to Lowe's, I got the supplies that he told me to get. And when he came home, all of the work was actually done. (laughs) on like a big part of the project so we could move on to the next part. And so um, it was just really cool that we were able to do so much of this project together because I was able to lean in and learn something new in that process. And granted, this is a project. It's not a chore, but same thing. You know, there, there are certain things that maybe your spouse does something a little bit differently than you. And that's why they're more efficient at it or whatever else, because it's their strength. And, and just being able to collaborate in those things can be helpful, not just for each other and supporting each other, but helpful for the whole family. It makes me think of this quote. And I I know, I think I first heard it from one of our old pastors, but I don't know who the actual like reference belongs to. But joy shared is joy doubled, and misery shared is misery halved. And so this applies whether it's you know, their strength or their weakness, something they enjoy or they don't. It's just this idea of coming in together. Yeah, I really love that idea of doubling joy and having misery. And that really sums up what we've talked about in this episode, how we capitalize on our strengths for our family and we help support the other person in their weaknesses. And collaboratively together, we can get all of the chores done 
but it goes way beyond chores, obviously. It's, it's everything in life, but this is just something that's super applicable today. Well, friends, you know the deal. If this episode has blessed you, we strongly encourage you to share with a friend and don't hesitate to scroll down and leave a review. We read every single one of them and we cherish them and it just lights us up and makes us want to continue showing up here for you guys every single week. And remember, it's not the years in your life. It's the life in your years.